the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Welcome in to the greatest financial show in the Bay Area on radio ever. <laughs> Do you think I really think that? I don't. I don't. I'm not that big of a head. But it's it's good radio. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Anything financial we could chat about. For instance, I, th- I saw an interesting study last night about the difference between Fox News and MSNBC. And then what would be conventional news on CNN, where you get a good, down-to-earth, honest effort by CNN to put on a newscast that's objective, that's not slanted. I think we could all agree that Fox is slanted one way and MSNBC slanted another. And the numbers are troubling. If you want to watch just basic news, like here's the facts, not slanted one way or another... You get about 200,000 people watching. You want to slant it one way or another? About a million on each side. People want to watch news with their particular... They don't want to watch the news. They, they assume that they know the news. Fox and MSNBC. So what they do is they give you the news with that slant or that opinion on top of it. But if you want to just try to figure it out on your own, like a PBS style, good luck. Good luck. With that said, I guess I'm not really all that shocked. But it just goes to show you, like, things evolve, right? Walter Cronkite to this world, when he left, he didn't come back into the building. Let's change the topic ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. And again, that's what I do, right? I do a financial show with my perspective. You can get all this news that, like, hey, the Dow hit 10,000. Sweet. You can get it, no doubt. But what I try to do is give you a, a bullet shot into... A person who works in the industry, a guy who worked in the industry hardcore, a guy who really put years and years and years and years of managing millions and millions and millions of dollars put together. I've made the mistakes. I've lost millions of dollars before my Wheaties were soggy. By the way, I do like Wheaties. Wheaties in total. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. The world's largest retailer is getting into a business we could all understand. Walmart is getting into... What would you imagine? What's the one thing you know you're not going to run into in Walmart? They do groceries. They do tires. They do gasoline. They do all sorts of things. <laughs> well, let me tell you, it's $999 up to $1,700. So it's a big ticket item. And you can now go to Walmart.com and no, no S. You can actually see this online. They're getting into coffins. And it's about time. I myself once said on air, I do the television show on Channel 4 Cron, 
I sit next to Catherine Heenan and I go, uh, when I die, you know, just, I, th- I think my generation, generation X, generation Y and everyone underneath us, I think we're kind of, um, just burn us, you know, to have a beer and throw my ashes out and, you know, Treasure Island or something like that. <laughs> I don't know why Treasure Island. I've, I've never actually been on Treasure Island except for to turn around once when I got messed up on the Bay Bridge. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's throw my ashes at Treasure Island. Actually, maybe let's, let's send my ashes to ex-girlfriends or something. But you get the basic idea. We just want to be destroyed. We don't want to be buried. You know, we've seen too many zombie films. We don't want to come back if there's some sort of disease that, that rules the world. Long story short, funerals are expensive. Do you know how much it costs for me to bury my dad? My dad died 15 years ago. I had to write the checks. It cost me $20,000 to bury my dad. By the time you transfer his dead body from the hospital, the time you get it to the funeral home, the time they do the upgrades. Hey, do you want your dad buried in a wooden box or do you want him to have the luxury silk lining? I was like, is there a cardboard box option? Sorry, dad. How about if we just cut off his arms and legs and put him in a, a glad trash bag? That would have been fine by me, but it would have upset my mother to see him being buried in glad trash bags. By the time you get a tombstone, by the time you pay the minister, by the time you pay uh, the guy who digs the grave, it's freaking $20,000. So I, I brought this up on uh, television once with Catherine Heenan. Catherine Heenan is lovely. She's beautiful. She's like Princess Grace. Um, I've got a crush on her. I got to admit that when I sit next to her, my stomach goes flutters in the butterflies. Like the ability to date an angel. That's her. She's an angel. But anyway, um, I talked about, you know, being buried in a cardboard box. That's I honestly want to be buried in a cardboard biodegradable box. Um, I would like to be planted under a tree maybe. And then I could become part of that tree. And my kids can come one day and see that tree and say, hey, my dad's probably in that tree somewhere, some shape, somehow, some form. That's my poetic idea, right? My hardcore cold heart Grinch send me off to ex-girlfriends, like send my eyes to one and send my, my head to another, a headless, eyeless uh, body being sent around the world. FedEx me, UPS me. So help the economy. But anyway, uh, Walmart has started selling coffins on its website at prices that undercut funeral homes. It's about time. The funeral home industry, it's kind of a racket. It is kind of a monopoly. Walmart based in Arkansas quietly put up about 15 caskets and dozens of urns. Prices range from $999 for the dad remembered model. I can't make this up. Mid-level, the executive privilege model is $1,600. The bronze casket, $3,100. The coffins come from Star Legacy Funeral Network, company based in Illinois. Star Legacy CEO said the response in the first week has been better than expected. Several online retailers offer this category on their site. I think it's kind of neat. I I applaud Walmart for doing that. I think that's about time we get some competition. Funerals are expensive, and they have you over a rock and a hard place because you feel guilty, in my opinion. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Costco is going to start accepting food stamps as a sign of the times. It's a little bit uncomfortable to think about, isn't it? Bay Area's wealthy are optimistic. Where do you land? I'd be interested in hearing your comments on this today. Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Are you like me where you see a jobless recovery? Are you like me where you think the best days of the, of the United States might be behind us? I Honestly, the free spending, sex, money, home appreciation, crazy doubling of your stocks portfolios in the 90s, 
from 92 to 2000 could be the best period of time we'll ever see in the history of the stock market. And from 2002 to 2006 could be the best area of time that we see in the, the real estate market. I think, I, I think we've put the best behind us. Now, do I think we've got good days ahead? Yeah. But do I think the best days are there? No. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. The Chronicle staff writer, Carolyn Sade, she wrote an article today at San Francisco Gate where she says affluent people in the Bay Area are more aggressive with their investments and more optimistic about the economy's future than the wealthy counterparts elsewhere in the country. So she's basically saying, we're snobs. We're elitist. We see good days ahead because we're in the California sunshine. Now, according to Affluent Insights Quarterly, a survey of 1,000 Americans with investable assets over 250,000, they asked questions about retirement, investments, and financial goals. In the nine-county barrier, 43% of respondents said they prefer taking an aggressive investment approach versus 34% nationally. So there's something in our water. There's something in our sunshine. Bay Area respondents were also more upbeat with 57% saying they're optimistic about the economy's future versus 48% nationally. What if we're wrong? What happens to our real estate? What if we're wrong? What happens to our, our hiring? What if we're wrong? What happens to our state budget? A lot of our expectations not going to be met. Now, the vast majority of respondents, both nationally and locally, said their financial efforts were on track. 70% of Americans think their financial efforts are on track. The reality is it's about 34, 35%. In the Bay Area, 63% of respondents with the current state of retirement plan is their top financial goal compared with 50% nationally. Here's what wealthy people think. 43% of Bay Area respondents prefer taking an aggressive investment approach versus 34% nationally. 57% of Bay Area respondents are optimistic about the economy's future versus 48% nationally. Now, we happen to be on a coast. And where the action is on the East Coast... It's 50 miles from the ocean. Where the action is on the West Coast, it's 20, 30 miles from the ocean. That's where the action in the United States is. It's really close to beaches. Not because they're beaches, but because that's where ports are. That's where transportation is. That's where business starts and stops. Go to John in Newark. John, phone call. Yeah, hey, Rob Black. Uh, it's just got a question. I was able to save over about four years, forty or $50,000 was laid off this time last year. I just recently got a new job, and I was wondering what would be a good investment for 48 gray. How old are you? I'm actually 45. Okay, how much do you have saved? I have 48000 48000 okay, okay. Um, what else do you have? Do you own a house? I don't. I don't mm-hmm. own a house right now, and I've got my 401k about 50000 Okay, so you got fifty k and the fifty thousand and fifty k cash. Correct. Okay, the one thing that I don't really do on the show, John, is say here's a great investment because I've got a manager named John Scott, and on eleven ten, on November tenth at ten ten, that's ten ten in the morning, on nine ten a.m., he may come in here and say, "I want more stimulating talk. I don't want money talk." He may come in here and say, "Let's change the format to sex." Where suddenly I'm talking about dildos, or I'm talking about lesbians, or I'm talking about, you know, by curious, what does it mean? Is that you? Is that not you? It could happen. And John, you're at work, and you don't hear this announcement. The next day, you know, I'm gone, and I just told you, oh, by the way, I like Goldman Sachs. Now, I told you six months ago I like Goldman Sachs. Um, right now, I like international, and I like small caps in the United States, and I like value, and I like select banks for five to ten-year periods of holding. But John, if you don't hear specifically what I say— and I'm gone. And let's say, for instance, 
Oh, good God. On 11.10, at 10.10, on 9.10. What happens if I get fired that day and you don't have a, a way to find me? And by the way, if I ever get fired, you can find me at robblack.com, robblack.com. But that's neither here nor there. Um, and then you panic and you go, I wonder what I should do with my international fund because I just see that Obama has invaded Canada. The world hates us. Um, yeah, that would change my opinion. So you have to grasp that. What I would do with 50K is make sure that you've got two to six months of an emergency fund. So the next time you get laid off, that you don't have to dip into your 401K. Um, I would look at your 401k and I would see what you're missing. Are you missing small cap, mid cap, large cap, international, or some sort of income? And that's what I would fund first. And then I gave you some ideas of what I would fund second. Um, I like to play by those rules versus being, you know, ultra uh, specific. For instance, I kind of like Starbucks at these levels. If you think the consumer is going to come back, th- there, there's different areas that I like and don't like based on different arguments that you have in your portfolio or don't. Um, because to me, there's no right answer. There's just the play the game correctly and get to the finish line, whether you do it in one year or 30 years. Um, I'm not an instant gratification kind of guy. Um, I don't like GameStop. GameStop sells video games, and I think that's a trend that's dying. Short term, I see a lot of value in it. So short term, in the next three to six months, I think you can do well in the stock. But in the next three to six years, I, I think you can do very poorly in the stock. Um, I think online gaming's picking up. Like, do you see where I'm going with that, John? Like, where I can become kind of a conundrum, I can be kind of confusing. Unlike Kramer, who's right 48% of the time, and there's a monkey at Harvard who's right 52% of the time. Unlike Kramer, I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to position correctly. Correct, yeah. So if you if you want to fire an idea off me, um, bring it on, and I'll give you a great second opinion. Okay, great. So, thanks Appreciate for the call, John. It, Rob. Absolutely. Great. I appreciate it that he referred to me as Rob Black. It's it's weird. I'm starting to grow into that. My real name is Robert. My friends call me Robert. Fifteen years ago when I got into radio management, let me tell you, management is a doozy in radio. Management in radio is failed talent. Ultimately, that's what it is. Management in television is highbrow, uh, you know, BS of BA of MDA and this or that. Um, two totally different businesses too. And I love and hate both of them. I love and hate both. I love radio. I'm kidding. John Scott, you're not failed talent, <laughs> but that big promotion where you tried to become the number one DJ in Phoenix and the Mexicans outvoted you and you didn't get it. It just goes to show sometimes your talent, sometimes your failed talent, 800-345-5639. I know I'm walking a thin line. I'm going to be fired on November 10th at 10.10 on 9.10 a.m. It's Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back with another phone call from Bob in San Francisco. I'm just trying... I'm just trying to show people the Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain. Obama's health care plan. 
Listen to this. I love this quote. It continues to face a plurality of opposition. 42% say it's a bad idea. 38% say it's a good idea. But a key flashpoint in the healthcare debate is showing steadily increasing support. A government-run insurance plan that competes with private insurance plans and the so-called public option. It's backed by about 48% of Americans compared with 42% who oppose it. And in September, 48% opposed it, while 46 supported it. So it's creeping ever so slightly forward that the nation wants. I want, I want. Give me my precious. Let's go to phone calls. Let's go to Bob in San Francisco. Bob? Hey, how you doing, Rob? Good, sir. I'm interested in a stock called NODATA, I-N-O-D. Where did you hear about the stock? Uh, I was doing research on the Internet, and I just, you know, it, it, it ramped up a little bit today, but I like to buy it back on the pullback, probably tomorrow. <laughs> I brought it up back in April. That's why I'm asking about where did you hear about it, because it's a play on the ebook reader. And I started the show on Clear Channel in March, and part of my goal was to highlight some emerging breakout stocks, and I used to do something on the podcast on the 910 webpage called the Super Secret Not So Secret Podcast, and this is one of the stocks that I brought up called Inogen Isogen, Inodate Isogen, and it's a small cap under the radar play on emerging market of ebooks. It's continually hitting 52-week highs until the last two weeks. This is a very, very speculative stock, Bob. You realize that, right? Yes. So what they do that's interesting and unique and first and foremost, and let me give a, a broad angle on what they do. Do you own shares of the company? No. No. Okay. What else do you own? I've got uh, Walmart and, uh, and the uh, GEs and uh, okay. Boeing. I have to basically have the big stuff, you know. Okay. So you got some. You got your bases covered if you lose on this one. Right. Okay. Good. Inundata handles information inundation. Company provides content management and process outsourcing. Boring. 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 Um, they do entry, they do research, they do analysis, they do technical writing. Boring, boring. They turn digital paper documents into more manageable electronic form. Hmm. They do ebooks. Kindle. Sony's got their e-reader. Barnes and Noble's got a reader. Hmm. They basically are located in India, Israel, and the Philippines, as well as Sri Lanka, which to me is cheap, 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 cheap. It's a bird sanctuary of cheap labor. Cheap, 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 cheap. Last three years, revenue has gone from $40 million to $75 million. Income's gone from negative $0.30 cents to $0.30. Cents. It is a blowout winner, winner, chicken dinner on so many levels. So they get books into ebook-ready format. Amazon and Sony love it. You know, a key potential catalyst for the stock is speculation that Apple's going to be releasing a tablet. Apple's releasing a tablet. Apple engineers are flying back and forth to um, Asia on a regular basis at this point in time. They're doing it right near to the holiday. Some people think the tablet could come out before Christmas. I think it'll be more of a January-February announcement with a ramping of production uh, into the back-to-school season. Now, ebooks currently represent about 10% of their revenue. Now, I've sat here and I've begged, someone please buy me a Kindle because I don't want to buy it myself. For all the good that I do, the community, the greater community of the Bay Area, someone, someone, put me in your will. You know what I want to be? I want to be in someone's will. That would be cool if someone could put me in their will and you don't have to give me anything. Just say, I give Rob 3,000 of my toenails or something creepy so that at the reading of the will, that the whole family cringes when they hear my name. Like, dear God, tell me granddaddy didn't give him everything. Tell me granddaddy didn't give him everything or that I'm his long lost son or something like that. Someone with a sense of humor, write me into your will, please. And like for all the good he's done the public, for all the good he's done the, the, the Bay Area, for the millions of dollars he saved me, I bequeath him four paper clips. 
Just scare your family, because I think that'd be funny. Um, eBooks. They currently are up about 10% of, in a data of revenue. They provide outsourcing services on research, authoring, copy editing, abstract, and indexing. Uh, their second quarter report was another strong quarter. Top line revenue growth of 21%. They generated $6.8 million in cash from operations. That's up 105%. Uh, market cap of only $160 million remains a very speculative name. But it keeps hitting 52-week highs. And, uh, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot! I was the one who told the Bay Area about it. Um, let's see real quick. It's all it's a play. And see, again, here's the problem. You hire Pedro from the Philippines to turn a book into an e-book. You can hire any Pedro in any country. Let's turn a book into an e-book. I got to say, I like it as a speculative. I got to say that I like it. Let's go to Alan in Santa Rosa. Alan? Hey, how you doing? Good, sir. And for the record, inundated ticker symbol INOD. Great. Go ahead, Alan. Yes, I have a stock, CADD. Now it has a YZ after it. And it's worth zero, looks like. <laughs> That's not good. No, is that, does that mean they went bankrupt, or what actually happened with it? Probably means they were delisted. I'm pulling up a CADD on pink sheets. Yeah. Um, but I can get no other information on it. What you should probably do is contact your broker and see if they can trade pink sheet stocks, which they probably can, um, and figure out what the markup and cost is going to be. But, yeah, my guess is it's not good. If I can't find it and you can barely find any information on it, and I've got a rock and rolling computer system here, um, as far as financial angles, um, it's incredibly slow due to the clear channel cheapness. That is the bird sanctuary. Cheap, 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 cheap. Um, but with that said, um, looks okay to me. I mean, it doesn't look okay. It looks like it's, it looks like it's got delisted for financial reasons. Okay. So I shouldn't try and I do own it. So I should just actually hang on to it and write it off to you in my freak, will. Freak. No, you could do that. Um, is it in a taxable account or non-taxable? Non-taxable. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm taxable, yes. Sell it. Take a tax loss. Uh, offset some capital gains. So, Or figure out what you have to do to count it as a loss. You might not be able to sell it. So you may have to contact the IRS and say, I have an investment in a taxable account. That was a total disaster for me, and I can't sell it. You'll be able to write off $3,000 per year each year off your um, capital gains. Um, if you could match it with your capital gains, that'd be great, but you could take it as a taxable loss and lower your taxable income this year from 100000 to 97000 for instance. Sounds good. So, sounds good, Alan. And pink Sheet, for those of you who care to know, is there, there's the NYSE, the New York Stock Exchange, and they rock. And publicly traded companies like ExxonMobil are publicly traded on the uh, New York Stock Exchange. They are the listing agent of choice. If I were a publicly traded company, I'd want to be NYSE stock. NASDAQ, a little bit more speculative, a little bit more younger companies, you know, names like Microsoft and Intel. Whereas ExxonMobil and GE, a little bit more storied companies. Pink Sheets, Pink Sheets are the wild, wild west of trading. Crazy stuff goes on. Let's say you buy a Pink Sheet stock. That Let's say it's going to be a company that cures pink eye. We'll call it Pink Eye Cure, LLC. And they, they don't have the finances yet. They don't have the finances to go to the NYSE and say, we're a storied company. They don't have the finances to go to um, the NASDAQ and say, we want to be listed and publicly traded and have the ability to have our shares bought and sold on your exchange. So that what they do is they go to the pink sheets. And the pink sheets are willing to say, okay, I'll, I'll help you, Pink Eye Cure LLC. And here's the kicker. Let's issue 20 million shares at $1. And it'll be a dollar. But every time someone buys, we'll make them pay a buck ten. And every time someone sells, 
if it's worth a dollar, we'll make them pay 90 cents. So there's this huge markup. You want to stay away from that wild, wild west because not only do you have to be right, but you got to pay a huge markup to buy and sell. That's the basics ideas of it. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Please, someone, bequeath me in your loan, something in your will, something fun, something unique. Uh, if you want to do something cool like Giants tickets, uh, you know, box seats forever and ever, whatever, that's fine too. But I'll take a pile of toenails. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking to Bill in San Jose. Uh, Santa Jose? Santa Jose? So it's either Santa Rosa or Santa Jose? Or San Jose. I'm not sure. I am not sure. But we're going to be talking to Bill coming up. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black's show. 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Hanging around downtown by myself. And I had so much time to sit down and think about myself. And then there she was. Like double cherry pie. Yeah, there she was. One of the best DVD movies of all time. You can put it on at a party and you'll be loved. Women will come up and kiss you. Men will shake your hands and pat you on the back. The crowd will go crazy and say you're cool. You don't even have to tell them you heard it from me. Let's get a phone call. Let's get a bill in San Jose. Bill? Uh, Yeah, hi, Bobby. Uh, Good show yesterday. Really enjoyed it. Really? Uh, Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I have a question. I have a brokerage account with some mutual funds kind of in a target allocation, and uh, my, my broker just called and suggested I move it into, uh, like, another target allocation with um, unit trust, which I had never heard of. But I, I did a little research, and he suggested it because it's a little more uh, – it's a little cheaper of the taxes, I guess. But so I just wondering if you have any opinion, if there's some negatives I'm not seeing. It can be cheaper with taxes. It could also be a lot more expensive with double taxation of taxes. Who's your broker? What firm does he work for? That's Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley. You're worth a good couple million dollars, Bill? No, it's actually just a very small percentage of my whole portfolio. Okay. Morgan Stanley is pretty high-end. Are you sure you need a high-end broker? No, I probably don't. It's just, like I said, it was just some money that I had in a while ago that I've, I've actually been moving money out of it. But I think what happened is I moved some money out of it recently. They've kind of ignored me for a while. And after I did that, he gave me a call. So Let me tell you, and this is where I have a problem with unit trust. They're not bad for everyone, but there's an initial service charge. It's typically quite high to buy in. It's a front-end load. There's a repurchase fee where that's included in the funds unit buy-in price, and there's a management fee. So you're getting hit with a lot of fees, of which it's kind of like an annuity. Um, it's a product that gives you diversification. I have no problem with that. It's affordability. That's an obvious advantage with a unit trust. 
for an initial investment, say thousand bucks, you can buy into a fund and you can get started. An investor in a unit trust gives you access to a wider range of securities because it's a trust. Let's, for instance, say, let's come up with a Rob Black trust, or I think Rick Edelman's got it called a Ricky trust, where I say, okay, the perfect allocation is 10% gold, 10% real estate, 80% technology stocks. And that's just totally crap. Um, but you can buy into that. Now, again, I own those for 10 years, so I got a really low cost basis. You just bought in at, could be a high cost basis, low to- co- to- cost basis. Depends on who shares you take up. Liquidity, it's easier to buy and sell your units compared to investing directly in all those crazy things. You get professional management, me. You get reduced stress. Um, but you're also subject to market risk. You're not suitable for short-term investments. And there's no custom-made service because it's my idea, not your idea. So that's what I would say is the pros and cons of unit trusts. I don't think you need it, to be quite honest with you, but I think your broker's looking to, to ring the cash register going into the holiday season so he could buy his wife uh, some expensive uh, uh, bling, bling, bling. Well, he, I believe he said that the, the front-end fees were waived. So if that's the case, it might be okay, but otherwise I should probably watch out, right? Do, do you like what is being pitched in the trust? Yeah, it's a lot better than the allocation I had. I thought it was kind of weak on the internet. Well, he's, you know, it's more aggressive, but okay. it's like, you know, it's a small amount of my money, so I don't mind that. It's You going to hold on to it for many, many years? Yeah, I do plan to. Okay. I haven't touched it in so long. Okay, then is. you've got my blessing as long as the front end's load waived and as long as you understand that it's going to cost you some money to get it back out. So read the details yeah. of the paperwork, spend an extra two hours on this project, but then you have my blessing. Great, thank with, you. With unit trust, it's really important, thanks for the call, you want to read the paperwork. Um, cause there could be a stipulation in there that if Rob Black decides to go crazy, he can cash out everything and go to the Himalayas. It's not never going to say anything like that, but it's typically created for a specific length of time in a fixed portfolio. Um, the securities are not sold or new ones aren't bought except in certain limited situations. Now bond trust will set, you know, number of units out there. You can get real estate trust. You can get all sorts of things. There's some exchange traded funds, which are technically, uh, UITs. Uh, which, again, is what we're talking about, unit investment trust. So there's different angles on it. I'm not totally against it. Just know that the tax perspective, it's a shelter from unrealized capital gains, typically inside of a mutual fund, because it's are assembled for purchase of specific periods of time. The cost basis is consistent. An investor could you know, purchase a mutual fund in October, absorb a loss, a UIT, potential tax consequences by assembling in the entity of a new fund and purchasing someone else's shares. It's a little bit goofy. Let's go to Drew in San Francisco. Drew. Hi, Rob. Hi. Um, We have a broker. Well, we haven't had a good relationship with him in the past in terms of stocks. Now he's a retirement specialist, (laughs) and he's pushing um, an alliance vision variable annuity that has an income protector, optional income protector on it, and it's supposed to pay 8% annually minimum. And then I guess when I'm 54, so when I reach 65, I'm able to take out you know, 4.5% of whatever the value is at that point, but I guess the contract value, which can go up at least 8% per year, and then whatever it is per quarter goes up, whatever their mutual funds are, whatever the value is. And I was wondering, is this a good idea? Do you think this is good? Because I'm thinking, you know, if I just stick it in the bank or something, it might do just as well. Or, I mean, I'm not really into annuities. I don't know how they really work. No, yeah. It's always been a straight bank person interest, you know, access to my funds. Yep. So I don't know if this is something that would be good. I mean, I do have a 401k that would pay out and then a pension coming up at 65. 
But other than that, I don't really have any type of retirement income on a monthly basis. How much is the pension going to be? Uh, it, well, if I wait until I'm 65, it will be about 6600 a month. That's pretty good. What do you do for a living? A PG&E. Okay. That's a pretty good pension. So congratulations. Yeah, so over 30 years there. So, you know, Work. everything's frozen now, so the pension's never going to go up. Work. Salary's frozen. So. Okay. Um, get as much of the full pension as you can get. Um, that plus Social Security, it's going to be a pretty good living for you in retirement. So, you know, $70,000, $80,000 right there. Now, how much is in this an- potential annuity? Well, we were thinking, or I was thinking of just putting in 100000 no okay. more than 200000 in it. And then if it's like 11 years or so at 8%, you know, it would just be straight. The problem is, Drew, is there's no guarantee there's 8%. With annuities, they're very complex products. And they're insurance products that kind of mix investments with insurance. And because of that, you have to pay the insurance commission. You have to pay the management cost of the security. So there's costs that they're not telling you about. um, Or they're not showing you in the fine detail. Or you're not looking at the fine detail. Variable annuities are very rarely appropriate vehicles for most of us, especially in large chunks of money. Now, a variable annuity for me, let's say I'm 35, I'm making 200000 a year, I've maxed out my 401k, I don't have any kids. Um, a variable annuity could be an okay project with Fidelity or with Vanguard, because Fidelity and Vanguard, they've taken all the insurance costs out of the picture. So they've kind of killed that, that angle. The word retirement specialist, and you said you don't really like this guy, so I'm really kind of surprised you're sticking around with him. But the, the phrase retirement specialist, there is no certification called retirement specialist. He might as well call himself the king of Spain retirement specialist uh, pro because there's no title. He's making it up. Um, the only designation that really means much to me, Drew, in retirement is certified financial planner because it's certified with a copyright and you actually have to do extensive training and extensive continued education and you have to become a fiduciary. Um, his wanting to get hundred to 200000 means he's going to make somewhere between $9,000 and $18,000 in transactions, of which he'll get half of that, and his firm will get the other half. I smell fishy here. I'm not telling you not to do it, but I think you've got enough wealth that you don't need to do it. And I think if you read the fine print, what is guaranteed is the 8% payout on the $100,000 that you give. So, for instance, let's say it's $100. It's an easier number for people to get. And I guarantee a 10% payout a 10% payout for 10 years. I can pay you back $100 over 10 years. You gave it to me. So I can give you $10 a year for 10 years. And that suddenly is very confusing, isn't it? Okay, but they say that they can readjust it on a quarterly basis in terms of what the, the fund is valued at. Okay, and how many investments do you think go up 8% on a regular basis? Not not a whole lot right now. Not a whole lot right now. So yeah. these insurance companies have been eating their lunch, so to speak, um, getting murdered because of guarantees. The guarantees that are in there, if you read the paperwork, Drew, you're going to find that it's probably not appropriate for you. I know you like the potential quote-unquote guarantee, but 8% uh, returns cannot be guaranteed. So it, it just can't. Even now, though they say it's a guarantee? <laughs> it's a guarantee that they can pay you back your principal. Really? So read the fine details. Go online, Drew, and if you need me to walk you through this, I will. Um, go online to Google and, and type in negatives of variable annuities, cons of variable annuities. Um, start researching a little bit more on it and understand that there's not a financial planner in the world who likes variable annuities for themselves, but there's financial people in the world who like them for you. 
Um, I don't have a variable annuity. I'm very savvy. If I can get an 8% guarantee on a lump sum of money, Drew, right now, you know what I'd do? I'd sell my mother. I would put my mother in the toilet and flush her down the toilet for an 8% income guarantee. Yeah. It, it, ain't, it ain't real. So be cautious. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Sorry, Mom. Love you. 800-345-5639. 19 a.m. Rob Black Show. More stimulating talk. is over at the end of December. I'm going to have to negotiate. I don't know if I'm going to stick around. I don't know. You never know in radio. You just never know. They can have a monkey who plays cymbals and John Scott can go, we need the monkey who plays cymbals show. <laughs> Starting on 11-10 and 10-10 on 9-10. Could happen. It could happen. Buying me out would take a big six-pack of beer in my contract. But what I want in my next contract is Oxycontin and or Codeine, because this week I've been doing the show on codeine, and let me tell you, it's been fun. Things move very, very slowly when you're on codeine. Um, actually, I'm on Cherry Tussin. I think that's the right way of saying it. I don't know. Sometimes my pronunciation or my enunciation or my enunciation uh, gets me into a little bit of trouble. But that's okay. I'll thump you if you ever want to write a paper head-to-head. But eloquence, I'll give it to you. Anyway, um, yeah, I want some codeine in my next contract. Just a big old, heck, how about a cart filled with pills? Like the good old days of radio where they, they drag the cart in and you could pick the red ones, the blue ones, or the white ones with a P on it. Whatever, whatever. Anyway, got a couple of emails that I want to throw out at you. You got a message. Jamail, Jamail is here. Ooh. What the hell is email? What's this? A letter for me. You got mail, baby. Yeah. First and foremost, before I go into direct email, let's go into the live blog. David, you're a loser. David, you're watching CNBC while listening to the show. Loser, 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 loser. You're a loser. CNBC is for, it's like, you're not going to learn any new tricks. It's like if you want to learn tricks in the bed, you don't watch softcore porn. You watch hardcore porn. If you want to learn any tricks in in finances, you don't watch CNBC. CNBC is for the babes. CNBC is for the money honeys. That's all you watch CNBC for. It's, it's spank material. It's not investment material. You want investment material? Tune it into Bloomberg television. Now, or you can listen to this show. So, David, I hate you. Next person, he's watching CNBC and he's asking me about Burger King. I can see Burger King on the screen, David. Have a little bit more savvy than that. Debbie sends an email. She goes, just wanted to ask you if you have any referrals or suggestions for a company that would offer a secured credit card. My 19-year-old daughter's having a hard time getting credit established. Thanks for your help. Love your show. That's a great question. That's a mother who loves her daughter. One of the important things you can do to your kids, and again, if you want to batter them, I don't care. Just don't fry them. If you want to put them downstairs and, and put a dog collar on them and, and shock them every time they kiss a boy or a girl, I don't care. I'm not going to be the best parenting show. I'm going to be the best financial show for you. What I would do for a secured credit card is I'd go to bankrate.com, and I think every parent should do this from 18 to 22, when your kid's likely to leave your wing and go out and get credit and mess up their life. 
If you want to be a good parent, get them a secured credit card, and you can go to bankrate.com and look up secured credit card. Give them a credit card with $500 on it. Explain them and talk to them and sit them down and say, I'm going to see what shows up on your, your card, and we're going to discuss it. But it's your card. You pay it back, that's fine, and we'll discuss it twice a year. Make sure that you're not buying stuff that gets you into trouble. Have a, a real conversation with your kids about credit. I had an intern many, many years ago named Lisa Allen, and I thought her mother was amazing. Her mother basically gave me this television intern, beautiful girl, basically a band nerd um, who goes off to New York. And she worked on my television show for, you know, three to six months free. I got a free intern. So I send her off to New York and she's got a great experience. She got to write for my show. She got to edit my show. She got to produce my show. Anyone who wants to intern, if you're in college, I'll bring you on. And I will give you a job like no others. I will give you real experience. But anyway, Lisa's mother, you know, she put her daughter into the real world. And she put her daughter into to experiences. And she did the best she could for her, her daughter, her daughter, Lisa. I don't know Lisa Allen's mother's name, but she's a Bay Area girl. So I'm sure some of you know her. And ultimately, it was kind of funny because when I first met Lisa, she was like a 16-year-old nerd girl. And she's blossomed. She's gorgeous. She's stunning. She got a job writing in New York. And I got to give her a referral that I loved giving her, but her mother cared about her. And one of the things that I pushed out there was get a secured card for your kid and talk to your kid about money. Talk to your kid about importance getting into a 401k. Talk to your kids about the importance of saving 10 to 15%. But give them a secured credit card. Don't let them get into credit card debt. Credit card debt brings shame. Credit card debt is something none of us want to talk about. I once had a girlfriend, Juliet, that I so badly just, all she wanted to do was sit on the couch, eat corn chips, and have sex. Like, that's all she wanted. She didn't have to go to a movie. She didn't have to go to dinner date. She didn't have to, like, be wine and dine. She just was simple. And I, did, I got caught too much in the caught up of, like, got to do this, got to do this, got to put on this shirt, got to put on that shirt. And that's what happens in your 20s. You're stupid. You don't know how to handle the other sex, and you get into credit card debt. Anyway, parents, secured credit card, go to bankrate.com, bankrate.com. That's my advice. Now, one more email comes in. I got a chuckle out of this one. This one comes to us from, I love this name, Galliani. I don't know if that's a guy or a girl. What's, what's your guess? Oh, actually, its first name is Lowell. So it's, I guess it's a guy. <laughs> Sorry, Lowell. I just gave out your first name and last name. Not supposed to do that. Uncool. Anyway, um, Rob Black, the new savage. He sends an email to John Scott. And first of all, Lowell, how do you have so much freaking time that you can figure out John Scott's email? I can't even figure out John Scott's email. I used to think there was a dot in it, so I'd send it to john.scott at clearchannel.com. So I, he never got any of my emails. Of course, he didn't care about that, which was A-OK in my book, but neither here nor there. So anyway, he goes, um, John, um, Rob Black, the new savage, 59-year-old, self-employed, going to be eating cat food retirement. No way. IRS is taking care of that. Rob rules. Owen sucks. Love the theme shows. Don't lose Rob. He's like no one else. Thanks, Lowell. I appreciate support like that, and that's why in the month of November, I promise I'm going to do a beer drinking event, basically a half hour. I'm not sponsoring. The station's not sponsoring. It's just a chance for you and I to get together at Grumpy's in San Francisco. I'll do another one in December somewhere on the peninsula. It'll be an after-work kind of thing. I wildly appreciate you guys. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time. On 910 AM, more stimulating talk. San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.